Welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. These are talks and conversations about the centrality of Jesus and his kingdom from our community. Enjoy. All right, let's just take a minute. I want to invite you to focus your heart and mind on Jesus as best as you know how to. We're going to sit in silence just for a couple seconds, 10, 20 seconds. And if focusing on Jesus is hard to do, perhaps you can just surrender the things that are coming to mind as best you know how. So let's do that together. Jesus, as we look to you, we acknowledge that already today we've been invited to surrender. We've been invited to share a peace that transcends our own with one another. We've been invited into family to participate and be at the table. We've been invited to acknowledge that there are mysteries and great things of the universe. We've been invited to give hospitality and love towards the interest of others, to serve others. All of these things, Christ, we learn from you. Our rabbi, our teacher, our king, our God, and to our privilege, our friend. So we do each of these things in your name. Amen. Our desire here at Axiom is that you would first and foremost experience the person and presenthood of, of Jesus in your life. That's our hope for each and every person. And we recognize that to experience Jesus, he's created community, right? And that's one way. It's a massive way that he's invited us to experience him in. In fact, I'd go as far to say that you really can experience Jesus outside of experiencing his family and vice versa. Like they're, they're, they're bride and groom. They go together. And while we might have moments, um, glimpses, to get Jesus, we want the whole body too. And so I'm glad you're here um, uh, with us as we continue together, not as just one, uh, in exploring this topic of joy, of how do we consider it pure joy, All right? That's not always hard. And, and it's not even hard, like it's not even, or it's not always easy. It's not even easy for the people that show up in here. If you like have read this and look at the stories, there's, there's some joy, but there's a lot of other stuff too, right? There's some real bad things that happen when you open this up. In fact, we have this book, I don't know if you've ever read it in here, called Lamentations. And that was the right, that was the right response. That was the holy word there. Uh, but that's real. That's real. And so I recognize that while we are inviting you into a season of joy, that not all moments feel joyous. But as we looked at last week, that there's something uniquely available to even those who are in suffering to find joy, that, that our hells can be invaded with heaven, and, and, and that we can sing hallelujah even when it feels like hell. And we talked about that last week. And so if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and check it out because we're going to build on that again this week as well. Peace and joy in our culture at large, and certainly for each of us, however, continues to elude us. It continues to elude us in a culture of happy. 
happy moments, happy distractions seem to be all that we can, I'll use the word afford. It's all we can afford. We don't have time to cultivate joy. <coughs> Excuse me, peace. Forgive me. I, my COVID is just still here. So um, a year later, um, as I continue to nurse that. Sorry. It's very annoying cough, though. Uh, happy is all we can afford. It's like, well, we'll settle for that. I'll take the distraction. I'll take the escape. I'll take, I'll take the, the whatever it is, you know, to make the moment bearable. <clears throat> we don't stop to whisper thank you in the morning or look out at things and call it good. We don't stop to smell the roses. <clears throat> Man. I didn't cough all day until I got up here. <laughs> we don't rest to enjoy the fruit of our labor. We don't allow joy to wash over us, to let God's joy wash over us each new day. Could we wake up in that spirit knowing that wow, it's a new day like God's creative attributes were required in fullness to bring about this day. And there's joy to be had regardless of the circumstances. We're just too busy. We're just too busy. And I feel like a broken record. I mean, how many times have you been reminded that you're too busy? How many times do we have to come back to that conversation of busyness, the curse of this age? And yet, we are. We are busy. And when we're asked, like, how's it going? What have you been up to? We're so busy that we can't even remember how it's going or what we've been up to. Something has caught our mind and spirit, pulled us away from the present, taken us from what's right now. And last week, we looked at that a little bit. We, we conveyed that trying to earn happiness only reinforces our hells. Instead, joy, not happy, is a gift that we must receive. But earning gets in the way. Okay, And earning is, I have to do this in order to make that happen. And, and, but the other, the other wicked side of it, and we'll get more into this today too, is I have to hold on to this in order to stay happy. See, those are two different things, but same problem. Our hands are full. Your plates are full. And yet, over and over again in Scripture, we're reminded <clears throat> to let go, to surrender. But uh, can I just be blunt? We're, you're terrible at that. So am I. We're not good at releasing outcomes. We're not good at sharing. We aren't. But this is intrinsically linked to joy. Is our ability to let go. 
our ability to live simply. So I want to explore this earning mentality a little bit more in defense of joy. I want to go a little deeper, as best I know how. Max Weber's well-known study on capitalism and the Protestant ethics, we get the phrase, one does not work to live, one lives to work. And of course, he's playing off of Aristotle's original statement. We, we, we no longer work to live, we live to work. That's a problem. Again, Yosef Piper, this is where I got our hands are full from, says it with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in his work on contemplation and leisure as the foundation of Western culture. He says, our hands are full, and there is always work to be done. Surely until the house is rebuilt again, the only thing that matters is that we strain every nerve we have. And he's just observing what seems to be the telus of our time. I, I would argue, say there are a few modern voices that argue the counter. How often do you get online and get ads that pop up about, here's how to slow down and not worry about anything. Now, you do get ads about, I know you're worried about everything, and I know you're trying to figure it all out. Let me, let me show you how to do that. I know you get all sorts of ads about the quickest way to get rich. Here's five ways to make it happen. I mean, it's almost daily I see that online. And all that is is a reflection of what I see even in my own relationships. If I'm totally honest, I am myself engulfed in a culture of hustle. It's everywhere I go. It's almost like we prize it. It's like one of the first things we ask about each other. What do you do? As if we're going to measure if it's, you know, up to par with what I do. Or as if your value is embedded in what you do. Hmm. Workaholics, we've got them. 12-step groups at 3.30, by the way, every Sunday. We got them. Workhorses, we got them. Busy buddies, we got them. Hustlers, we got them. We got them all. Because we're busy. We're trying to earn something. Trying to make it happen. And the modern voices continue to tell us that's a good thing. And we continue to think for some reason it is. And I think behind that we think that somehow that will lead to us being happy. I don't see a lot of joy, though. I'm not, it's not that I don't see it. It's not that we don't see it. But what if that was what permeated us? What if that's what we led with and ended with? What if we got to the point where even, even our suffering was, an, it was just a, another opportunity of joy? I mean, I think the world would look at that and go, these guys are weird and wonderful all at the same time. 
Proverbs 23, verse 4 through 5 says this, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Like, take that to heart. I love this. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. See, what, what the wisdom writer here is saying is that even your pursuit of it will never be satisfying. You'll never get it enough. You've created the wrong goal, if that's your goal. There will never be rest for you. There will never be peace for you. Your relationships will always be transactional because they will only be in service to that goal. Stop wearing yourself out to get rich. Because that's all you can do, by the way, if your goal is to be rich, is you can wear yourself out. And a lot of you already are worn out, myself included. You feel it deeply. We know it. Need a new goal. Psalm 127, 1 through 2. I know these aren't the modern voices. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Trust in God. The Lord will provide. His portion is enough. At least it ought to be. The bridge between God's portion and what you think is enough is kind of determined by you. Are you content? What if the road to being satisfied with what the Lord provides, which means to be allowed to sleep again? What if the road to that was not getting everything that you thought you needed in order to get a good night's sleep, but it was letting go of all the things you think you want? in exchange for what God, believe, what God thinks you need. That, that's a different, different road. What road are you on? I think we move beyond maintenance of, you know, mere existence. I think we're doing far more than we have to be doing as a human race. I'm just honest. We got a lot things, don't we? We've gone beyond the satisfaction of our essential needs. So far that our hierarchy of needs has been convoluted with our hierarchy of wants that have now become have-to-haves. 
because our real dictators are not what we need, but what we want. Like, that's the kind of luxury we're living in. We have reorganized ourselves to what sociologists call a total labor society. And in doing so, we've begun to value the house we are rebuilding over what takes place in the house we've been given. And I just think that's bleak. I don't want to miss, guys, I don't want to miss the things that God calls good. Like, God... God is a far better creator than I am. It doesn't mean I shouldn't create. Oh, no. But what God creates and calls good, it's like, is it good enough for you? It's good enough for him. Is it good enough for us? We value the house we are rebuilding over what happens in the house we've been given. And in that, our things and our wants have become sort of demigods. And, and we know the shift culturally. Guys, I'm not saying anything we don't already know, I don't think. Some of us here are old enough to remember that Chick-fil-A wasn't the only store closed on Sunday or holidays. Now, okay. I'm not giving praise to Chick-fil-A, by the way. Don't, don't hear that. I don't like Chick-fil-A, actually. <laughs> Sorry. My point is that our culture shifted to be a works-oriented culture. And it's not just Sundays we've given up. It's holidays, too, if you've taken note in our work culture. But it's not just that. Language has evolved. Do you know that the word school, by the way, when you think of school, what do you think of? Books, teachers, study, work, learning. Do you know what the word school comes from in Latin? Leisure. Did you ever see that coming? Leisure. Leisure is where the word school comes. And that's not... It's the shift in culture is why we don't get that, by the way. Because the, the, the Greeks believed that learning took place best in context of leisure. This is like, like um, this is why Legos are so great. Seriously, it's the best example I can think of. And by the way, do you want to know what Lego comes from in Latin? Leisure. Close. <laughs> play well. To learn to play well. So there's a shift. There's a shift. And I think it goes back to that idea that do we work to live or live to work? And the insidious lie that came in somewhere along the way that you are what you do. That, that has robbed us. 
from the joy of just being okay with like little. Like some of us don't even know how to kind of get there. Most of us are just comparing what we don't have to what everybody else has. What a, like, sad, that's sad. I want, I want a joy that doesn't care about the stuff. Stuff doesn't qualify happy. Ecclesiastes 3, 12 and 13 says this, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be joyful and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is a gift of God. See, I'm not saying it works bad. Right? But are you enjoying the fruit of your labor? Is it enough? Is it enough? Because when it's enough, then you can worship. If it's never enough, what are we saying to God with our feelings and our thoughts? What are we reinforcing to ourselves and to our kids? And yet, even when we're not working, I feel like a lot of you are working out, literally. Or doing some kind of other work, yard work, homework. Some of you, like, I think are just pretending to work. <laughs> Actually, seriously. And I mean that because I have seen it where it's like, ah, I can't come home yet. Still working. We're increasingly bivocational as a society and now trivocational. That's becoming normative. We're monetizing everything from our nostalgia to our bodies. What category has not been tapped for the coin? What is sacred? We went from a society where one person for every household had a job. For every person in that household, that was enough. Now to two or more people in the household, plus their extra jobs, to take care of one household. Now, we could say, well, that's inflation. Or you name it. But again... I, just what's the value? What's enough? So our hands are full. Well, we should be learning to let go. The faithful act of all of Scripture is to surrender. It's to, it's to let go. Church history teaches us to have simplicity. Freedom and joy are rooted in these two things of surrender and simplicity. We see it all over the scriptures and all over the church fathers and mothers. St. John Climacus says this. He wrote the Ladder of Divine Ascent. On, on his section on joy-making and mourning, he says, 
He who has an attachment to anything visible is not yet free from grief and not yet found in joy. The shift from earning to receiving requires a surrender, a renunciation, a detachment from greater values. Or excuse me, values that we believe are greater because that's what our lives reflect. There's a letting go. I'm sorry. There is. Loss leads to joy. Jesus lives this out himself. He embodies it. At one point he says, no one who, in Luke 9, 62, says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Okay? Let, release it. Let it go. Let it go. What's your biggest prize? Right? We talked about this last week. Hey, are you willing to sell all your things for the treasure in the field? What's most valuable? But again, he, again, he just lives it out. Luke 15, 7. He says this, I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one person who lets go, okay, paraphrase, than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Guys, we don't repent. We don't repent. The reason we don't repent is because we don't think we need to. And we rob ourselves of the joy of heaven. That when we come to the place where we realize that what God has is more than enough and who Christ is is more than enough, somehow that equals true abundance, true wealth. And in sets the seed of joy. The real kind. Not the fabricated kind, not the fake kind, not the put on a smile and come to church kind. But the... The kind where I can't take it off my face or body if I wanted to. The kind where you, we know the story where you throw the sheep over your shoulders and you foolishly carry it home. The kind where the prodigal son returns and all of a sudden there's a party. There's a feast. Meanwhile, those of us chasing happy are sitting outside of the party going, I can't believe you let that person in. You can't, you, you, sorry, you can't get joy on your own. You just can't. But you can let go. <coughs> Excuse me, we can do this together. Joy is received. <coughs> Excuse me. Imagine if we focused as much on learning, if we spent as much attention and focus on learning to let go as we give attention and focus to learning to fill our hands. Seriously, how much time of your day goes towards this versus this? And the beauty of work is it's actually both together in harmony. That you are receiving what God's given you in participation with, your hard, with hard work. But it's not yours to have for yourself. 
It's yours to give. That God, through work, is creating a, a vision big enough for the world. For his kingdom, not ours. I even think work could become your joy. You could, like, love it. And recognize there's something really holy and worshipful about work itself. But first we have to shift the values before we can begin to redeem the practice. We'll pick this back up next week as we talk about the role of service next week and how that is a peculiar way to joy. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us as we continue to dialogue together, think about and put into practice together this, this kingdom way. It's not the world way. We're not catching this from the news channels. Lord, we're, we're just getting it from you and your word. And, and we just ask that you would help us to teach, to just like spit out the bones and, and take in the good stuff, the real stuff. Help us to get out of the way. Help us to humble ourselves. Help us to be generous. Lord, let us taste a little bit of joy even now. Put a smile on our face. Make us laugh. Tickle us in the chairs if you need to, Jesus. Amen.